Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. On today's show, we're going to learn more about the PACT Act and check in with the Minnesota National Guard's family programs. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. On December 13, 1636, Massachusetts colonists banded together, forming a militia that defended their communities from attack. From those humble beginnings came today's National Guard, which proudly serves across our 54 states and territories. The iconic image of a colonial militia member setting aside their farmer's plow and picking up their muskets still represents us well today. We may now also be software engineers, aviation mechanics, and other professionals our predecessors could not have imagined at the time. But our citizen airmen and soldiers continue to live as they did, ready to respond to the call of our state and nation. To those who have and those who continue to serve as members of our National Guard, thank you. Ours can be a challenging path to follow, but your service and the support of your families, employers, and communities ensures that we are a force that is truly always ready, always there. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. So I said at the opening, we're going to learn more about the PACT Act today, and we want to announce that the Minneapolis VA will be hosting a PACT Act Town Hall at the Minneapolis Medical Center Auditorium, which is on the first floor right inside the main entrance from 4 to 5 p.m. on Monday, December 12th. They'll have resources from eligibility and enrollment, benefits, travel, uh, My Health uh, v- Vet, a claims clinic from the Veterans Benefit Regional Office, Suicide Prevention, Fort Snelling Cemetery, Whole Health, the vaccination clinic for flu and COVID boosters from 4 to 7, and, of course, the PACT Act information. And uh, while we're on that, we have a special guest in the studio today is Charles Martin, who's the Assistant Veterans Service Center Manager, St. Cloud, uh, or excuse me, St. Paul Regional Office. And uh, Charles, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you, Tom, for having me. It's my pleasure to be here today. Charles, I understand that uh, you come from a military family, and you might have spent part of your youth traveling from base to base. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, my dad was actually a naval officer, a maintenance officer, uh, focusing on uh, repairing uh, P-3s, so those big airplanes with the big propellers. Um, had the opportunity to live in many states and um, see a lot of different um, um, places in the world in this country. And I understand that uh, you somehow got to Minnesota after all that traveling? How'd I that did, happen? yeah. So actually, so I, uh, we, my, when my dad got his last duty station, it was in Florida. And so I called Florida home. That's where I graduated from high school. Had the opportunity to uh, obtain a, a scholarship to run track and play football at uh, Concordia University, St. Paul. That's where I met my wife. Um, and the rest is history. Um, and her brother was actually working uh, for VBA um, as a claims processor. And he said, you know, we have some openings and available, and I applied on a whim, and 14 years later, here, here I am. We're here. So since November 2008, you started off as a veteran service representative, and you've been there ever since, and, and you said VBA. We want to be careful with acronyms today because our, our uh, audience might not understand all of those, but that's the Veterans Benefit Administration. Uh, you've been there for about 14 years, and now you're, as I said at the opening, you're the Assistant Veterans Service Center Manager. Can you tell us the federal VA, there's state VA, which is Minnesota Department of Veterans mm-hmm. Affairs, and then there's the federal VA, mm-hmm. which includes the VA Medical Center yep. and, and the claims side, mm-hmm. Veterans Benefits Administration. How's that all yep. fit into the so you have your So you have your VHA, which is the hospital side. You have the cemetery, and then you have the Veterans Benefit Administrations. And that's where, you know, uh, claims for service connection, 
education, um, home loan guarantee, all fall in line under that business umbrella of VA. So you mentioned like veterans or the guarantees on a home loan. Mm-hmm. You're you're over there so that if a veteran is is discharged, honorably discharged, DD two fourteen, if they need some help to get a VA loan or if they need some help to for almost anything, mm-hmm. then then you're there to help process that paperwork and get those things done. VBA is it not me particularly because I work on the claim side, so I work in the on the claim side of the house, not the home loan side, but the claim side of the house. Well, when you say VBA, it's Veterans Benefits Administration. Correct. And uh, so there's a good side and a bad side, and you're working on the claim side. We're working on the claim side. Well, they're, all sides are good in VBA. Different umbrellas under VBA, um, a, lot, a lot of moving parts. But, yes, um, on the, on the benefit side of, you know, granting and, and giving a service connection to veterans. We're speaking with Charles Martin from uh, the uh, Veterans Benefit Administration on Minnesota Military Radio. So, Charles, uh, we've said for years that if a veteran has a medical condition of some kind related to his service in the military, first thing he should do is go talk to his county veteran service officer. Do you subscribe to that notion? Absolutely, 100%. It's so important that veterans um, have an advocate for them uh, while they're going through that claims process. So that that uh, veteran service officer or uh, or veteran service officer understands the process, they know the process because you know they've helped uh, many veterans uh, before. So I would one hundred percent agree. You know, if you've ever filed a claim, um, you need to have that that representation there. So here in Minnesota, every county has at least one mm-hmm. uh, county veteran service officer, and and that's the place for veterans to go no matter what they need, because yep. they've got the resources, the knowledge, the experience. And if you need to file a claim, they can file a claim for you. Absolutely. But once that claim is filed, mm-hmm. how important is it for them to have a veteran's advocate, somebody that understands the language and the, and the whole process of filing that claim and, and making sure that it's documented properly so that you have an opportunity to get it approved? Yeah, it's very important um, because the, the claims process can be uh, very confusing for some. Um, and a lengthy process, um, you know, and the big thing is to, you know, make sure that that person has that advocate there that can walk them through the, through the steps because there's multiple, you know, steps throughout the claims process. You know, it's not a, you know, you submit it and it's going to be decided the next day. Um, not the case. So we want, you know, we, we have some instances where that happens. However, you know, having that, 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 uh, that representation to walk you through that process and to help you and to advocate for you is very important. So when you first went over there and got involved in the veterans' claims, what did they tell you about the process? And, and I'm, I'm hopeful that they're saying if a veteran had a problem and, and it happened while they are in the military and they properly document the file, then we want to take care of the veterans because that's the promise. Absolutely. But what do they tell you about if the, if the claim isn't properly documented or isn't in suitable language so that mm-hmm. it, it meets your criteria? Yeah, so there's different – so there's various positions – um, with within uh, VBA in the, on the claim side of the house. So as a veteran service representative, which was my um, job, it's more of an intake position, right? So you're going to receive the uh, veteran's application. You'll review it. You'll see what records you need to request any records. Uh, you'll maybe request an examination for the veteran, and then you'll get that examination back, review it. And then if it's ready, then you'll send it you know, to the rating board. And that's our RVSRs, and so those are our decision makers. The rating board. The rating board. Yep. So those are our uh, rating service, rating veteran service representatives, and they make the primary. Deci- they make most of the decisions um, on claims and those initial claims that are submitted by veterans. 
So I'm hearing you saying that uh, between the time you submit that claim and, and the time it goes to the Raiders, you need to make sure it's properly documented. You've got all the evidence you need to support yep. whatever the condition is Absolutely. so that you've got an opportunity to get it approved. Absolutely. And so if we, so let's say I, as the VSR, if I see that the veteran is missing something, I'll reach out to that veteran and say, hey, we need, you know, this document, that document. Can you please provide that for us? Now, Charles, a lot of the veteran service organizations, such as American Legion, VFW, DAV, Disabled mm-hmm. American Veterans, have veterans advocates that are experienced in helping to document the files and helping to communicate in the appropriate language. Uh, do you work with a lot of those folks as well? We do, yeah. We work with our stakeholders on a daily basis, helping them, um, you know, if they have any issues, any problems with getting something done for one of their veterans. Um, we're always there to, to answer to the call and to ensure that we can provide them the best service as possible. So, Charles, it sounds to me like the bottom line is veterans really shouldn't try to do this himself. He needs a county veteran service officer and he needs an experienced veterans advocate so that we can deliver the information in, in such a condition that he's got a chance. You're 100 percent right, Tom. That's so important that they have that advocate and have that representation because, like I said, you know, if you're not familiar with it and you're brand new to it, uh, it can be very confusing. And, of course, then all they think is you're over at the Veterans Benefit Administration and you're saying, no, 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 <laughs> when really the, the idea is if this happened mm-hmm. on your watch while you were in the military and we can prove it, yep. then we're here to take care of you. Yep, and we have to make sure that we're you know providing these decisions within our regulation and within our federal laws, um, You know, and that's, the, and that's the big component of it. Very good. Charles, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to dig into the PACT Act, which was recently signed by the president. And in effect, and uh, some of the presumptive diseases there, we're speaking with Charles Martin, Assistant uh, Veterans Service Center Manager uh, from the Veterans Business uh, Benefits Administration on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to Charles Martin, Assistant uh, Veterans Service Center Manager from the Veterans Benefit Administration and about the whole process and about how important it is if you've got some kind of a claim to get some help, get a veteran's advocate, make sure your your claim is documented properly, it's in the right language, and put yourself in a position where you can get that claim approved. And, Charles, one of the things that's happened, this is a big year for veterans here in Minnesota. There mm-hmm. was a veteran's omnibus bill at the state legislature, first time in history. It was great. And, of course, out in Congress, uh, they finally got uh, around to packing or passing the PACT Act, yep. which the government, which the president signed into uh, into law. Can you tell us a little bit about the PACT Act and and how the VA uh, is approaching uh, the ramifications? There's a lot of people uh, to help absolutely. from that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the Sergeant First Class Heath Robinson honoring our promise to address toxic exposure um, act or the PACT Act um, was signed into law uh, by President Biden on August uh, 10th of 2022, and it is a significant um, expansion to benefits and health care for veterans uh, in the past 30 years. And it's going to allow VA to reach out to more than 5 million veterans who may have been exposed uh, to toxic matter uh, while serving in the military. And, of course, that thing's referred to sometimes as the burn pit legislation. And for us Vietnam veterans, uh, we've been kind of fighting Agent Orange for 50 years. Yeah. And and the Vietnam veterans are glad to see that this was packed mm-hmm. or passed now, so that uh, our current veterans don't have, don't to, have to suffer suffer yeah. as long as we did. Absolutely. So uh, it adds a bunch of pre- presumptive conditions, which means they were presumed to have been caused by certain things. Yep. Can you run through that quickly? Yeah, I can absolutely. So 
the new conditions, so actually, so there's, there's more than 20 new uh, presumptive conditions that the PACT Act adds. Um, tw- and one, so there's 12 new cancers, which are very important. I can go through that list for you. So um, brain cancer, glibostoma, respiratory cancer of any type, um, gastrointestinal cancer of any type, head cancer of any type, lymphoma of any type, lymphatic cancer of any type, neck cancer, pancreatic cancer, reproductive cancer of any type, kidney cancer, and melanoma. So for our listeners out there, don't try to memorize this. Just talk to your county veteran service officer and say, I think I was exposed to some toxic stuff, and am I, am I eligible? And they'll help you process Absolutely. It. And you can also go to our website at va.gov slash PACT. That will have all, uh, all that information on them for, for them as well. So the majority of the items that are now covered under the PACT Act are talking about our current veterans from the last 20 years or so or 30 years. But there's also a provision in there that that helps uh, the Vietnam veterans as well. There is, yeah. So uh, for for our Agent Orange Orange veterans, um, there is two new conditions. So the first condition is monoclonal gammopathy of undetermined significance, or MGUS, and that's a bone marrow condition. And then the big one that's now presumptive is uh, high blood pressure or hypertension. Okay, and the Vietnam veterans that are still with us, uh, probably most of them have that. Yep. And I've heard the most important thing is to go to your county veteran service officer and start a claim as soon as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to start a claim as soon as possible um, so that you you know can definitely get these conditions addressed. Now, Charles, I've also heard that those claims for uh, hypertension, those type of things, probably not going to be addressed till January 1st. Is that true? Yes, sir, it is true. And what's the reason behind that? Is it funding? Is it Congress? Is They're it... working. So as far as the laws, in when the law was signed in, uh, that, that January 1st is the earliest uh, that we can work these claims according to the law that was signed that was signed in. So, And the date of the claim is going to be important because it, it, if you're approved, it could go back to that correct. date? Yes, sir. Okay. So anybody that has any of that, go see your county, county veteran service officer, get that claim started right away. What can we expect come January 1st? Uh, I've read that there's tons of claims. There are a lot of claims that have already been filed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are. Um, so and can I just hit back to what – I want to hit back to some of these conditions that I kind of that we didn't go over. I know I went over the list of cancers, but I also want to just hit some of these um, illnesses that the, the PACDEC is going to address. Yeah. Um, so the first uh, – another condition that, uh, that PAC will address is asthma. So if you have asthma that was diagnosed after service – that's now on the presumptive list. Um, chronic rhinitis, chronic sinusitis, uh, constructive bronchiolitis, emphysema, emphysema uh, granulotomous disease, intricinal lung disease, also known as ILD, uh, pleuritis, pulmonary fibrosis, sarcoidosis, chronic bronchitis, and COPD. Um, so... A lot of that could be related to breathing, breathing, yeah, burn, a lot. burn pits and yep. burning oil wells. First Gulf War, the whole place was on fire. Absolutely. So a lot of those respiratory illnesses are now considered presumptive under the PACT Act. And like I said, you know, be sure you go to va.gov slash PACT to get all that information. We're speaking with Charles Martin from the Veterans Benefit Administration on Minnesota Military Radio. So a lot of new conditions covering a lot of today's veterans and going back as far as uh, Vietnam veterans is the is the the VA hospital side and the VA claim side is the VA did you have enough warning have, have you staffed up for this we are we have staffed up actually the PACT Act actually you know allows us to uh, hire more uh, employees to make sure that we have a strong workforce 
to, you know, deal with these uh, influx of, of claims that will be coming in. So we are well positioned, um, you know, to address the PACT Act claims and ensure that these veterans are getting the best uh, service as possible. Well, Charles, you've been over there since 2008. A few years ago, we had a huge backlog of claims, and it seemed like it took forever to work through those. Are those pretty well under control now? They are, yeah. We're on a daily basis working working our claims and to hit our goals um, for our for our average. And, you know, our goal was to ensure that, you know, no one has to wait over 125 days for a claim as an average, and I think that's where our average is right now. Um, but for the most part, um, you know, we are excited uh, and ready to work uh, these packed at claims. So come January, when I'm sure I'm sure you're looking at those and making sure all those claims are documented now, but uh, there's going to be a whole new backlog for all of these people that have been covered by the PACT Act. Anybody have any idea how many veterans could be included here? So I know for, I think our, my last briefing that I received um, since the time that the bill was signed into law from President Joe Biden, uh, there were about 140,000 claims pending PACT Act conditions. Um, at the time he signed the bill? From the time that he signed it, from the time that we received. So, yes, so that many pending. And more coming. More coming, more to come as well, yes, sir. So are you sure you're staffed up for this? We're staffed up. <laughs> we are We are well positioned uh, to handle that, to, to handle the influx of work, and we will uh, ensure that we can deliver, you know, the benefits necessary for these veterans. Because they've been waiting a long time, and, you know, we don't, we don't want people to wait. We want to make sure that we can get them those benefits in a timely manner. The first Gulf War with all the burning oil wells and people were coming back and they said they had Gulf War syndrome and nobody could figure out mm-hmm. what, what that was and, uh, and how that works. And, of course, the burn pits are something relatively new, although we were burning stuff in Vietnam yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'm thrilled to see that Congress took some action. Absolutely. Uh, but I'm concerned that the, that the VA has the wherewithal and the people and the, and the funds to process these claims. But it sounds like you're pretty confident. We have the funding and we are, you know, in a good position. Like I said, we are continuing to hire more um, and to staff up. Um, and that's one of our main priorities to ensure that we can, you know, deliver these benefits to our PACT Act veterans. So there's another thing to ask you. Uh, the Veterans Benefit Administration is hiring? We are. Yes, sir. And we I are. would assume you've got some uh, veterans preference there. We do. Absolutely. Um, I would definitely encourage uh, folks to uh, go to USA Jobs. Um, there are tons of uh, positions available for veterans. And also go through our Veteran Readiness and Education, or formerly known as Voc Rehab. Um, you know, if you qualify for sir, if you qualify as a disabled veteran, um, you can get veteran preference and possibly earn employment with us. So we love hiring veterans to do the to do good work for other veterans. So for our listeners, uh, if, if you're veterans out there looking for a job, the Veterans Benefit Administration might be a place where you can spend all day uh, looking at claims and, and helping our veterans uh, to keep the promise. If they were injured while in service, uh, they should be taken care of. Absolutely. Charles, we've got about a minute left. Uh, some final thoughts for any of our listeners that uh, might be able to process the claim? Yeah, I would, I would definitely say, you know, the big thing and the important thing to know is that, you know, apply right now for your PACT Act benefits. Even if you were previously denied for a PACT Act, uh, PACT Act uh, condition, um, you know, file a supplemental claim and we'll be able to, you know, reconsider the decision um, according to the new law. Yeah, one final question. Any idea once you start processing those in January? Is that going to take six months a year to work no, through those? No, I can't. I can't. I can't speak to that. I don't know that off the top of my head. I can't say that right now, Tom. It is going. But to we take are. Some but time. we are going to be. But we are going to be working to the best of our ability to ensure that we can serve our veterans the right way. 
Well, Charles, I believe you, and I think you'll be working hard over there and taking care of our veterans. And I'd just like to thank you for coming in and talking to us today on the show. It's been my pleasure, Tom. Thank you very much, and happy holidays. Thank you, sir. That was Charles Martin, Assistant Veterans Service Center Manager from the Veterans Benefit Administration on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Minnesota National Guard's family programs. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. In a moment, we're going to check in with the Minnesota National Guard's family programs. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. The Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs is proud to be a strong partner with the Minnesota Association of County Veterans Service Officers. The CVSOs, as we call them, are county employees who help veterans and their families obtain benefits related to their military service. In Minnesota, all 87 counties are represented by a CVSO. Minnesota's CVSOs are among the best in the nation. They are well-trained, professional, and understand how to navigate the complex VA system. CVSOs are the first stop or the point of contact for veterans and serve as their personal advocate. Navigating the claims process is challenging and many veterans often don't know the right questions to ask. That's where CVSOs step in and help veterans access the benefits they may be eligible for. CVSOs do important work. They sit across from men and women who have worn the uniform and served their country. Minnesota is really lucky to have such a strong, passionate group of CVSOs. As a state, we have a history of leading the way when it comes to innovation and forward thinking. Thank you to all of our CVSOs who day in and day out serve the veterans of this great state. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. As I said, uh, we're going to look into the Minnesota National Guard family programs, and joining me now to talk about that is Adam, Adam Vanderwall, who is the Soldier and Family Readiness Specialist Lead. Adam, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. All right. Thanks, Tom. I think we had you on the show during the pandemic year, and it was all remote and used team and everything we could use to keep the show going, but we got her done. Yeah, absolutely. This is a little bit better being in a, in a, in a house. In the studio, it's always more comfortable over here. Minnesota National Guard Family Programs. Can you tell us a little bit about the mission and vision there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the overall mission really is to work with governmental and non-governmental agencies, and that helps us synchronize and coordinate uh, care for Minnesota National Guard service members and their families and and really provide effective and timely care to to their identified needs. Um, And to do that, we kind of have a number of programs within family programs with the Soldier and Family Readiness Specialist, who, you know, we help with that reference referral, non-clinical kind of care for the service members to take advantage of their membership in the Minnesota National Guard. And we have child and youth services that help out with youth programming, uh, military one source that's kind of self-paced. People can go out and get their self-help online. And then Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program to help with the mobilization process for our Minnesota National Guard service members. And then finally, we have that transition assistant advising. So as people are looking to get off of mobilization, transition back into civilian life, and or retire, we have someone to help help them transition into normal life. And really the vision is to promote awareness and self-reliance in our service members and their families and through through our programs. Very good, Adam. Now you brought uh, one of the people you work with with you. Would you like to introduce her? Yeah, absolutely. I have uh, Sandra Johnson, who is the Soldier and Family Branch Specialist right out of Brooklyn Park. Sandra, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you. I am happy to be here. I understand uh, you're a weekend soldier and you were recently promoted. I am. Uh, I am the new uh, Sergeant Major 
chief medical NCO at Alpha Company uh, DHHBN out of Arden Hills. Yeah, that means on the weekends you do that, but during the week uh, you're part of the Minnesota National Guard family programs. And I want to ask you, you know, we've talked about this for years, but I think the theory is if we take care of our soldiers uh, by helping take care of their families, whether they're deployed or coming back from deployment or or just on weekends, uh, it can help alleviate any concerns that they might have and, and focus on the mission. I would agree. Um, a lot of the times soldiers will be stressed out when, you know, during military training or a deployment because of problems back home um, with their families or their friends. And our programs at uh, family programs can do a lot to help their families. You know, if they need counseling services, if their children are having a hard time while their soldier is deployed, if they need help around the holidays with maybe like a holiday meal or a gift help, um, we have a lot of amazing programs and, and partnerships with all the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon groups in the state that help take care of the family so the soldiers don't have to worry. And, Adam, these uh, some of these things can come, range from financial issues to maybe suicide prevention to depression uh, and helping with uh, especially uh, any kind of family issues that are out there. Uh, that's quite a benefit for, for our soldiers to be able to have this, this assistance. Right. It a- absolutely is. Um over this last year, some of the some of the trends were a lot of financial stuff that we assisted with within our program. Uh, what you mentioned, the counseling with suicide and and just suicidal thoughts, or if they're just having a hard time reintegrate or balance uh, the military life with their civilian life and family. Um, a lot of number of different legal legal issues have have came up for our service members that we can kind of help help provide resources for them with the legal issues, um, property and household issues. And then finally, employment. Employment has been a big one with uh, the pandemic and, you know, whether or not what, what works for that individual, both be a citizen soldier and have a career and also be in the military. We're talking about Minnesota National Guard's family programs on Minnesota Military Radio. And, Adam, I want to come back to you. I think most of our listeners know that I serve on the board of the Minnesota Military Family Foundation, and we give out emergency financial grants to uh, Minnesota military families. It's been a big year, and you guys have been really busy. We what's, have been. <laughs> what's what's going on over there? Well, um, a, a lot of it is, you know, with the pandemic, and there was a lot of flooded uh, financial assistance through different programs. Well, that's kind of dried up within our society, and we're trying to get back to normal. Um, so we're helping helping a lot of the service members with unforeseen circumstances that they haven't been planning for is kind of a lot of it. And then some of that lack of healthy money management that, that we're seeing or service members are really monetarily underemployed and trying to help them find a, a better, a kind of a career, not just a job. So in their civilian job, they might be, you said, underemployed. They might only be working part-time instead of full-time. And it's hard to hard to pay your bills if you're not working full-time. Absolutely. And I, I understand uh, during the pandemic, 2020, 2021, there were a lot of federal and state programs that were handing out money to people uh, because they weren't able to work full time. Right. But that's dried up and gone away, as you say. And But it seems from our perspective on the board of the MMFF that the problems we're seeing, the financial emergencies are more complicated and, and larger in terms of dollar amounts. Yeah, absolutely. They're, we're trying to be a little bit more proactive instead of reactive, and that's some an approach that we're trying to take with a little bit more financial literacy. That's something, the uh, initiative that's going to be coming out, uh, trying to get our service members and their families a little bit more financial 
literacy, counseling, that kind of stuff to build that good money management uh, skills. So then when unforeseen circumstances happen, they're already kind of planning for it. Um, so that's where that proactiveness comes into play. So well, they're working on their budgets and, and being able to understand what's coming in and what's going out and, and to manage it properly. Yeah, just that self-awareness more than anything. Sandra, do you see an issue with our soldiers and airmen about uh, we hear for years that they don't want to they don't want to ask for help. They don't want to step up and ask for help. But really what they should be doing is stepping up and asking for help before it gets super complicated. Uh, I have seen that, unfortunately, that um, there's a stigma where people don't want to admit that they're they're failing at something in life. And it's it's hard for them to go get help because they can't pay their bills. It's just embarrassing to them. Um, but we do have free uh, personal military financial counselors that they can talk to, their families can talk to, to try to learn how to make a budget, plan for retirement, um, figure out how to get out of debt um, besides the the other programs that we have that can help with emergency financial assistance like the Minnesota Military Family Foundation, um, support the troops. Uh, they have Ingus has a grant and um, a loan that people can apply for. So there are a lot of programs, but we do want to really push the personal financial counselors to help people learn skills they can use for life. So Adam, as part of uh, Minnesota National Guard's family programs, are are you educating the troops on the availability of all these resources that are there to help? Yeah, absolutely. We've kind of taken an initiative to do some annual information briefings uh, with my team going out to the, the units that they're assigned to support. So they're going out there talking directly to service members and families about the different uh, resources we have. And, and also we're going to be doing, getting involved with some of that training to provide some of that financial literacy as well. Adam, it would seem like that's a never-ending process because you've got new troops coming in every year and you've got other people retiring and you've got officers moving up and moving around and NCOs moving up. Uh, it's kind of a constant process, isn't it? You have to tell everybody what's available. Absolutely. You can't take your, your eye off the ball on that one. You know, make sure everybody knows that the help is available. All you have to do is raise your hand and help and we'll solve that problem and you can get back to work. Right. Uh, Adam, Sandra, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the Minnesota National Guard family programs. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to Adam Vanderwall and Sandra Johnson from the Minnesota National Guard family programs. And, Adam, we were talking about the fact that the Minnesota National Guard, uh, we hear from the Adjutant General every week, and he's talking about all kinds of issues and helps available, no matter what it might be, if it's suicide prevention, if it's financial problems, whatever it is, there's help available because he wants to make sure that all of our troops, soldiers and airmen, are in the best condition possible and ready to do their mission. But can you just run through a little bit of the resources that you have available for Minnesota National Guard family programs? Yeah, you know, it's it's like you said, Tom, it's really unlimited with uh, we take a holistic approach, but as a service member runs into any issues or, you know, that kind of stuff, we can help them with their financial, employment, um, mental health type type issues that they might have. So it's it's unlimited. But the, one of the biggest ones is that financial because it's about 10 times as much that we help with that financial where we have personal financial counselors, debt management, uh, different grants, low interest loans, and then also looking at helping them if they are underemployed or need a career instead of just a job. Could it be that uh, people coming out of high school these days don't get as much training on 
on how to balance checkbooks and, and build a budget that as uh, maybe we did 50 years ago? Yeah, some of, some of those uh, financial skills and money management, I think, has went out the door a little bit. So you're there and you have financial counselors there available to help. Sandra, I want to ask you, uh, soldiers and airmen, they're proud to serve and they're proud people and, and they like to wear their uniforms. They're pretty hesitant to ask for help. What would you tell them? If they need help, they should ask sooner is better, isn't it? Sooner is absolutely better. Um, the quicker we can get to the problem, you know, the faster we can get them a solution and they can, you know, be less stressed and continue on hopefully um, with their life and not be um, so stressed out. But honestly, if, if they're nervous to talk to one of us, they can. we have a really amazing Facebook uh, page for Minnesota Family Programs, and that's really all they have to type in. It'll pop up. It has our phone number. It has our websites. It has um, events. It has information on the financial counselors, programs they can apply for um, for their kids, for themselves, like hunting, um, outings, like all kinds of amazing things on there. But they can go on there if they're nervous to talk to someone and look for some issues that they would like help with and then just send us an email or give us a call. And I, I just want to encourage them to get help because it we're not we're not going to pick it you know pick on them we're not going to make them feel bad we're just there to help like that's literally our job so and if they're having trouble with budgeting and those things can they call you and, and meet with financial counselor anytime yes they can um we have a, a couple of them in the metro area um there's some in duluth there's some in camp ripley and um they'll either talk to a soldier on the phone or they can meet them in person and they'll help them with any kind of financial issue that you can think of and Adam, you've been in the guard for quite a while and, and served for a long time. Would the, can the are the soldiers concerned that if they ask for help that that uh, leadership might find out about it and, and it might hurt their career? Uh, yeah, I think I think that I think I was uh, oblivious to some of that as I gained up in in rank and that kind of stuff. And soldiers stopped coming to me a little bit more. And uh, there is those barriers, and that's why our program is so important that they can just reach out to us and it's confidential, and we're just there to be proactive and help them. And, and really, when I look at it, it's not about when you have the issue. Uh, one of the biggest things that I've taken away from basic training when I was in basic training was position improvement. So no matter where you are in life, it's just looking at, hey, how do I improve my position? Whether you have issues or not, how can I take advantage of some of the resources and benefits that the Minnesota Army National Guard provide me and my family because I'm a member of it? And Adam, I've heard from top leadership down that you know, they're not going to hold any of that against you. They'd rather provide the support and provide the training, provide the help, and let you get back to work than not. Absolutely. I'd rather have someone come to me and say they need help so we can get after the issue versus all of a sudden we have the issue and it's too late. Okay, Sandra, here it is. It's December. We're coming up on the holidays, and and uh, besides birthdays, but we're coming up on the Christmas holidays. Is that a tough time for some of the troops? Um, I think for the families that have a soldier deployed, it is harder for them. Um, we do get requests for um, children to participate in counseling or maybe some more of the child and youth events so that they can meet other military families, try to make friends that are going to do the same kinds of things that they are with their parent or aunt and uncle or whoever, you know, loved one in their life that is deployed. Um, people do sort of have a hard time sometimes with gifts or... Um, holiday meals, and we do have programs for that. Um, this year it's mostly been uh, Meals from the Heart, food boxes. Are, um, people can apply for those through the 14th of December to get help 
on that. And then uh, the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon groups in Minnesota are really amazing, and they help a lot with gift um, needs for families and with foods, actually. Very good. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah, I don't want to come back. We've just got about 30 seconds left uh, if our service members need help or if people want to help our service members. How do they get in touch? What do they do? Uh, they just need to call our toll-free number, uh, 1-888-234-1274. Or go to your website. Or go to the website. Yes, the, or the Facebook page. Which is? The Minnesota Family Programs. Just okay. type that in and it should pop right up. Very good. Well, I want to wish you both uh, happy holidays, and I thank you for coming in to join us today on Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Tom. That was Adam Vanderwall and Sandra Johnson from the Minnesota National Guard's Family Programs. Joining me now is Marty Howes, who is the president of the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers and the Rozo County Veteran Service Officer. Marty, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me aboard today. Marty, a funny time of year. It's December, and uh, holidays are usually pretty good. But for some veterans that maybe are home alone, uh, could can be a sad time. And I know the American Legion is doing a thing called buddy checks. Yes, they are. Yep, yep. They're getting out there and... Uh reaching out to those veterans that uh, that could use a little bit of, uh, you know, companionship and, and all of that. So it's, it's a good thing. Well, for our listeners, keep in mind uh, any veterans you know that might be alone over the holidays and give them a call. Maybe have them over for dinner. That's right. That's right. There's nothing better than sitting down with a veteran. And you never know what, what you learn or, or what kind of a neat story that, that's going to come around and, uh, you know, maybe just make you thankful for the freedoms that you have and, the time that we've been given here in the, this country. Sounds good, Marty. I understand you, uh, did you attend the Association of Minnesota Counties Conference? I did, I did. I, in fact, I just came home from that uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, it was held down at, in Bloomington, and uh, it's quite a conference, kind of like our conference through the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers. The Association of uh, Minnesota Counties uh, has quite a bit of training and it talks a little bit more about uh, county business um, but from our association we're there to speak directly with the commissioners because every commissioner from the state is there we're just about you know as many that can make it and uh, we're there to answer these questions for them uh, that they have and, and stress the importance of what the county veteran service office can do for their county what it can do for their constituents and how they can help and, you know, relaying this message to our veterans to get in it and to come see their county veteran service officer. So that's a, that's a big thing. Good to know that you're always out there learning and teaching. Exactly, exactly. And, and learning is, it never stops. <laughs> Marty, what is the CVSO Act? The, oh, the CVSO Act. This is, uh, this is new. Um, it's, been, it's been around for a little bit, and it's been uh, pushed up and, it's, it comes out of House File 4601, and it's the Commitment to Veteran Support and Outreach Act. And this act was passed, was read in the House uh, and passed on December 1st, and uh, it provides $50 million a year for five years for a total of $250 million for support for veteran service offices um, and Indian tribes, to provide states uh, outreach to veterans. And, you know, I don't know if you know, Tom, but we've got about uh, 21 states in the United States that do not have county veteran service officers. 
Shame so, on also, them, Marty. Shame on them. <laughs> right? And with the Pact Act coming out, um, the offices are busier than, than ever before. So, uh, you know, we need, to, we, need, we need help here. We need to get out here so we can reach these vets. Marty, we just got a few seconds left to understand there's a town hall coming up uh, Monday, December 12th. Yeah, Monday, December 12th from uh, 4 to 5 at the Minneapolis VA Medical Center. And uh, anything you want to learn about the PACT Act, uh, to include any questions you might have, uh, I encourage every veteran to get on down there and, uh, and uh, fill, your, uh, fill, fill your memory banks. Get all you can. Very good, Marty. Thanks for joining us again today. Thank you. This is Marty Howes from the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers. We have one mention today. The Minneapolis VA will be hosting a packed act town hall at the Minneapolis Medical Center Auditorium, which is on the first floor right inside the main entrance from 4 to 5 p.m. on Monday, December 12th. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week. Charles Martin from the Veterans Benefits Administration, Adam Vanderwalt, and Sandra Johnson from Minnesota National Guard Family Programs, Marty Howes from the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers, Commissioner Larry Herkey of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week for our annual CTF Christmas show that's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.